You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You're planning a vacation, an escape from the day-to-day routine of everyday life. You're looking forward to getting pampered in some sunbathed tropical island getaway, surrounded by cool, balmy breezes with the soothing, relaxing sounds of calypso music playing distantly in the warm island air. Doesn't it sound wonderful? Well, don't leave your pets at home. They want to go too. Welcome to Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Veslowski. Hi, everybody. I'm Susan Sims. And I'm Nicholas Veslowski. We are your hosts for Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. And you know, as editor and publisher of Phytofriendly Magazine, we know travel. And we just can't wait to share our years of dog travel experience with you during our podcast each week. Yeah, that's right. And today, joining us here is one of our featured writers from Phytofriendly Magazine, Lorraine Chidock. Lorraine is so fascinating to me. She's, you know, she's gone on walking tours in Africa for a couple of years with her two African-born dogs. Um, she's now in Peru, but she was in Costa Rica for a while. And uh, it's just very interesting to me how she can take these two dogs. And most often, these dogs are not on lead. Um, the three of them are, are obviously a pack, but it's amazing to me that she can go to these different places and may not even speak the language, but she she kind of searches out where it feels comfortable. And, uh, you know, she's lost her dogs before. She's had animal communicators come in and help her find them. Uh, and she's just fascinating. Yeah, she's got a, uh, the whole package as far as the travel tale adventure. And, I mean, here she is crossing cultures, breaking down borders, or, you know, vice versa, whatever you want to say. But uh, <laughs> what I think is really interesting today is that we're going to be able to talk with Lorraine somewhere in South America. She's sitting in an internet cafe uh, waiting to talk with us. Yeah, so it might, this might be a little scratchy and we might cut in and out just because we are going to be talking uh, to Lorraine in South America. So, but uh, it'll be worth it. So this will be a very interesting show this week. So sit and stay. We will be right back with more Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbacks and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Travel Tales will be zooming back with more great travel tips right after this. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet with pet expert and author Sarah Wilson. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly Hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend 
and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Attention passengers, we are now approaching our final destination. The weather is sunny and warm. Ocean temperature is a balmy 80 degrees for those of you wishing to doggy paddle. Please exit to the front and see our activities directors, Susan and Nicholas, on your way out. Have a pleasant stay. Welcome back to Pet Life Radio. This is Nicholas Veslowski along with Susan Sims, and we are your hosts for this segment of Travel Tales. And on the line is featured columnist for Fighter Friendly Magazine, Lorraine Chittak. Hi, Lorraine. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Great. You know, a lot of people may be familiar with your column um, in Fido Friendly Magazine where you spent uh, a few years walking across Africa with your two African-born hounds, Dog and Bruiser. But what they may not know is that you're now traveling in South America with Dog and Bruiser in a 30-year-old car. <laughs> That's true. I am. <laughs> it's actually, it's How is that 20, car holding up? 20, it's great. It's absolutely great. Uh, it's actually only 29 years old. Um, but I don't oh. seem to be having any problems with it. Um, so I'm very happy about this. That's great. When did you pick up the car? Was it in, I think you were in it was, Costa, right? No, I was in Arizona um, oh, okay. in a little little town outside of, uh, where was it? it? Well, actually in between Tucson and Phoenix. And it was just—it was one of those serendipitous moments. I just walked into a mechanic's looking for a tow bar, uh, in the hopes that I would find a van that I could buy. And the mechanic said, "Well, I have a van," and within 24 <laughs> hours, I purchased it. So that worked out very well. That's great. Well, I think yeah. Um, I think what was really fascinating to me is the last uh, article that you had written for Fighter Friendly is you outfitted the front seat for Dog and Bruiser. And um, I just want to kind of back up a second. Dog and Bruiser are two African-born hounds that Lorraine found in her her journey. She had a one-woman travel uh, walking odyssey with her two dogs across Africa. That is just so fascinating to me. And, you know, we've gotten a lot of input from our readers. And uh, so Lorraine is, has left the African Plains and now is uh, traveling with Dog and Bruiser in South America. Correct. And I'm, I'm currently in Peru right now in, in the north, in the desert area. Oh, wow. Do you and uh, Dog and Bruiser kind of blend in or do you feel like um, there's um, a the, much different culture? <laughs> the, the dogs definitely blend in. And, you know, that that's one of the really unique things because, you know, we meet people and they ask me where I'm from and they ask me where the dogs are from and and I I usually I say they're from Africa and they're always quite shocked because they say well but they, they these dogs they look just like our dogs um, <laughs> but sometimes in truth and sometimes I just say that we're all from America because you know, it's just such a bizarre story in a way. You know, oh well, you know, they're actually from Africa, and then I flew them to America, and then we drove down. It's to to people who haven't traveled much, and I'm often in rural areas. It's just it's just too fanciful to to comprehend all that. So I I just make it easy and simple usually. <laughs> well, uh, you know, even where where you are right now in an internet cafe, where are the dogs right now? They're actually staying, um, well, we're, the three of us are staying in an animal sanctuary about a half an hour away from here. Um, and there's 30 cats, 
thankfully away from dog and bruiser because they're not <laughs> they're not very good with cats <laughs> although, yeah. although we, we we have a clean record at this point and i want to oh, keep good. it that way <laughs> so it's more like prey to them <laughs> yes yes yeah they, they switch from having you know looking at lions and cats and all this kind of thing as predator and now they see these small little creatures and they think ah yes now it's my turn to get back at them yeah uh, so, but well, yeah, there's about, there's about 15 dogs there, too, and, and those are also kind of in a separate area. Uh, and so there, we're have, we've got this little house available for us that they're staying in right now. And that's good because the weather's just starting to get hot here. So, and, oh. and I'd be very nervous with if, the, you know, if they're in the van and I'm, you know, and I'm in the comfort of a cool place. Although, oh, yeah. having said that, you know, there's many, many internet cafes that we go into that they don't mind having um, the dogs inside. Uh, it's it's oh. quite different than America in that way. Well, I mean, in America, it's difficult to even find an internet cafe. Um, right. But, um, yeah, the, the dogs are, are pretty welcome, as long as we're not in big cities. In, in big cities, then it becomes much more like America and, you know, restaurants are out of bounds and banks are out of bounds and all this kind of thing. Okay. So, but overall, you're finding it uh, that there's a general wide acceptance more so in a foreign country than in the U.S. where dogs can kind of tag along with you just about anywhere? Yes, yeah. I mean, there is a, it is much easier here. And, you know, I haven't, the dogs haven't been on a lead in, geez, a couple of months. <laughs> um, I just don't need to have them on a lead. But at the same time, you know, there's so many dogs here, especially in the north of Peru, that they're almost an annoyance to people and and this is you know it's part of the a huge overpopulation problem. I think when there's so many animals they they lose their novelty and their specialness and and they do you know they're they're chasing after cars and and you know these motor taxis that you know these they're kind of like uh, motorcycle rickshaws that are used as taxis here um, and and you know they, they're they're in they're everywhere they're absolutely everywhere and you know they're mating and they're they're barking and and I have even I can't I can't believe I'm saying this but I have even found them a bit annoying at times you know it's like yeah. geez you know I, I just walk down the street these are just that the strays the overpopulation so they don't have a uh, spay and neutering or, or I guess the other question would be. When you're out there with your dogs, uh, what percentage of the population is actually, you know, our pet guardians themselves that are out there walking their dogs? Okay, well, this is an interesting question. Um, there isn't really a need for people to go take their dogs for a walk because basically they're loose all the time. Oh, they are in the area that I am. I mean, there's people don't have fences so much. Um, they're not confined to houses. So the dogs, as well as being protectors of the people and their homes, they also, they have their own lives. So if, you know, little um, Blanco dog decides that, you know, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and he wants to go his, see his friend Indigo, he just goes into, off and takes his, you know, sees his friend Indigo. Whereas <laughs> in... Whereas in America, you know, you know, you have to make an appointment. <laughs> um, a play date. So, so it's a little 
it's a little bit different, but you know, there's there's pluses and minuses to all of this. You know, the dogs aren't cared for like we do in the States. You know, most of these dogs where I am in more rural areas, you know, they don't have their vaccinations, they're not spayed, they're not, you know, they don't have the kind of balanced diet that we're used to feeding our animals. So it's the flip side of the freedom is the, the lack of care and not having as long a life. The life that they have is much freer in many ways, but it's more, more prone to having diseases and this kind of thing too. Do you see a lot of malnourished dogs that you can kind of see their ribs? And is that, I mean, are the, is that the type of nuisance that you see that's littered in the street? Um, really well, kind of seeing dogs? Okay. Uh, in truth, you know, all the drive down through Central America and into Colombia and Ecuador, I really wasn't seeing a lot of that, that horrible, gaunt, you know, ribs kind of thing. Now, I think part of this is because my eyes have become more attuned to animals that are thinner. You know, in America, you know, they have diet pills for dogs now. Um, so you're used to you're used to seeing fatter dogs in America, and you know, these dogs are are leaner. And it's interesting oh. because if you if you talk to expatriates who live here, they often laugh about this because. You know, we all see these dogs as not being so much thin as just being, you know, sleek. Um, uh -huh. However, as soon as I got to Peru, I noticed a drastic, drastic, drastic difference. Um, and I was shocked um, coming from the north into Ecuador. There were many, many very malnourished and diseased dogs just all over the place, just radically different. And I think part of the problem is is that Peru is uh, is a poorer country. The people are poor. They're a lot of them are on subsistence level, you know. So they don't have scraps at the end of their meals to give the dogs, which is what you know how a lot of them would normally get fed. You know, you you, you eat your chicken bone and then or you eat your chicken. And then you toss the dog the, the bone or whatever's <laughs> left over. And here, people are eating the bones. That's a huge disparity. And I think uh, it, it's an eye-opener for people that are, you know, treating their pets as part of the family. I mean, they just couldn't believe, you know, what you're saying. And, and uh, kind of makes us really grateful for where we live and, and the things that we kind of take for granted. But um, I think what would be really interesting to know, too, is that uh, in your travels, you know, you, you're you're crossing borders, and, and most of the readers of Fido Friendly Magazine are just out there uh, trying to get down to San Diego for the weekend, so there's no crossing <laughs> borders for them. So, so what, right, exactly. what kind of experiences, yeah, what kind of experiences have you had that, that, um, that maybe uh, our readers, our listeners haven't really thought about as far as going from point A to point B? I think things like heats are a huge problem. Um, I think stress stress for the human is a, a huge problem because what you're encountering all the time is a new situation every single day and which is why for me being in this one place for a couple of weeks is is really valuable so it's it's not like you're doing the circuits in say going from san diego to arizona and then back again that you've done before at some point and you're just kind of like experimenting with a different time of year this is kind of it's it's very much Everything is new, new, new all the time. And that's true for the dogs, too. You know, we're not, they're not seeing 
um, the fam same familiar dog friends and the landscape. Uh, so I think it's something that you have to really be very careful about when you're traveling, is that you do go slowly with this kind of experience so that you're not, so you have time to kind of comprehend everything that's going on and catch up and take a break. Um, or, or else you're just you're stressed all the time, and you know then you're worried about your animals, or, or, or maybe you you're so stressed you don't have time to worry about your animals, which is even worse, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is um, you know I sit here and I've read some of your uh, well I've read all your articles, and then some of them I'm just absolutely amazed at some of the adventures that you have with your dogs. I mean, I, I take myself, you know, I'm a man. I, I take my dog Tosh out into the backwoods and I think, hey, that's a great adventure. And then I read your right. articles and it kind of puts me to shame because you're out in different countries. You're in the African bush. You're just kind of traveling all over the place. And it really, it kind of made me feel like is that that true pack mentality is not just for the dogs, but I can see how um, as a human, you would get that pack mentality with your dogs. Absolutely. Yeah, so if you could kind of take maybe some of our listeners through how your pack was established. I know that there was a beginning point when there was a love story between a <laughs> dog and bruiser on how they met, but maybe on how you guys came together on to be the, the three musketeers in a way. <laughs> <laughs> the three musketeers. I haven't heard that one before. That's good. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I... I was married to an Englishman when I was living in Egypt and we moved together to Kenya and the first house didn't work out so after a year we moved again and on the doorstep of the second house was this dog um, that everyone called Odique and uh -huh. I felt the bond that we had it was one of those special instantaneous bonds that it was just magical unfortunately my husband didn't quite have that same bond with her. <laughs> Not initially. I remember but that comment ahead. that you made in your article where you said that um, he made a comment about that being the thin uh, edge of the wedge. And that is uh, yes, always stuff yes. <laughs> so visual. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so so I bonded with, with this animal that I called dog, who I later found out I was calling her dog. Other people were calling her Odique. And Odique in one of the African languages actually means dog. So everyone was calling her dog. And I would walk with her every single day in this forest that had monkeys and um, not many wild animals, but, but monkeys and some other things. And one day on the way to the forest, she and this other dog were absolutely cavorting and going absolutely nuts over each other. And a, a man, African man, showed up and he said, oh, yes, you know, that's, um, they mated. And, and that was Bruiser, who was also actually called Tusker, which is the name of a, a Kenyan beer. So after some time, you know, we, I, I would go for walks with both of them to the forest and then after some time Bruiser would just show up at the house at 4 o'clock and say well are we going for a walk um, and and then and then it became complicated because we we wanted to move again and we we were offered this incredible house on the edge of a game park you know over you know so there was rhinos and giraffe and everything on the far hill and there was a dog that came with that house. So already we were going to instantly have two dogs. And remember, my husband wasn't really crazy about this animal thing that was yeah. going on with me. <laughs> um, 
So, so the idea of taking Bruiser with us was, uh, you know, John wasn't so excited about it. I wanted to, but there was complications. There was plenty of dogs in the neighborhood that we were going to be moving into. And also, I, at this point, I felt like, well, you know, Bruiser is five years old. His, he has his kind of owner, but kind of not really an owner. He's been on this this area of land for you know for all his life for five years. Do I really want to you know remove him from that? And he had his really it's it's like the dogs here that I'm explaining about. He had his routine. You know he would get up in the morning and and he would go to different construction sites and they would toss him food, and he had his own dog friends also there. So it was it was a very difficult decision. But I thought no no no. It's just too complicated. No matter how much I love this dog, and I really did, because the bond that I had with him was was very much like what I had with dog also. Um, so I said no. And so we left him there. I, I went back a couple of times for, for walks in the forest, like we had been doing. And it was incredibly painful every time after the walk, because I would drive away. He would chase after the car, because he would be saying, well, you know, wait, I'm, we're a pack. You know, why aren't we going together? Um, and so, you know, and I, I would have kids, you know, yell and shout at him to make him go back to the area where he was, where he hung out. So after doing this a couple of times, I said, no, okay, I have to just completely cut myself from him and just end, end the relationship and not see him. Yeah. So a year went by uh, and I didn't see him. I thought about him a lot, but I, good is my word, I didn't go back. Um, and then after a year, I, I happened to be in that neighborhood and I thought, and you know, I'm just just gonna go check and see if he's around. So I looked and I looked and I saw a bunch of dogs and I didn't see him and, and then I looked at one of those dogs and I thought, wait a second, is that him? And it was pouring with rain and you know there was this dog all curled up that looked much smaller than I remembered him to look like. And he was like huddled and you know curled up tight against the rain in the in the shelter of a building. And I called him and he looked at me and he was like Oh, it was one of those those looks and where have you been and <laughs> and but you know it was the same and I looked at him he was covered in mange um, part of his uh. ear was missing and you know you have to think okay he was about five years old and that's about as long as dogs live in these kind of environments they don't live 10 15 right. years they don't have the medical right. background they don't have the food they don't you know have all those luxuries. So he was really, he'd gone from being really the leader of, you know, the neighborhood to, you know, other dogs were making their way up the hierarchy. So he was on his way out. So yeah. I called, I called up the SPCA there, the Kenya SPCA. And I said, you know, I, I got to do something. I can't keep this dog, but, you know, maybe we can have him fix the mange scene to something like that. So, long story short, they took him in and they found a home for him with a, a Korean missionary family. And I wanted to go and visit them. I, I had visions that I would go visit them at Christmas time or they would send me, you know, postcards with their, with the, with bruiser on it, you know, with the rest of the family. <laughs> And as ridiculous as that sounds. So I went to the director where I had done some volunteer work and I asked her, I said, you know, uh, can I have their phone number? I'd like to go make sure that he's okay. 
And she said to me, she said, well, you know, we can't do that. Um, we've had problems before with people, you know, relinquishing. I mean, they even use the same kind of words that they do with human babies. You know, we've had mm. problems with people relinquishing and then, you know, interfering. And then the people end up giving it back because there's too much harassment. They, they don't feel like it's their animal anymore. Right. Um she said, you know, but it's a really good family. She said, but, you know, I had my doubts in the beginning because, you know, they're Korean. And, you know, Koreans oh, no. eat dogs. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, so, so immediately I have this vision of this, this carcass hanging down, you know, all the oh, way no. home. I'm just absolutely a wreck. I mean, tears. And, and John's like, you know, okay, we'll, we'll find him. Don't worry. And um, so anyway, so I started looking. Um, and I knew the town where he was, which was about an hour and a half drive away from where we lived. So um, I, I, I went up there. And it was like looking for a needle in the haystack. Um, but bizarrely enough, I did find the missionary family and showed him the pictures that I had. And they said, oh, yes. Um, and he had a very worried look on his face. And so, of course, the, the vision of the carcasses hanging came into my head again. And I thought, oh, no, they have eaten him. Um, and um, so then he said, yes, but he, they, he, it was a him, bruiser and another dog. They ran away a few days ago. I thought, oh, jeez. Oh. So... I ended up, I contacted an animal communicator in Arizona, and so we began these email exchanges back and forth to try and find him. And at this point, I was, I thought, okay, whatever, whatever happens, no matter what future my life is going to have, this dog is mine. Where, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be doing this, you know, just giving him to someone else again. So, right. long story short... Uh, with the help of the animal communicator Annie of uh, Ronnie Hall, we found him, and and it was and since then we have the three of us without my husband. I, I hate to say, um, but but we're but fortunately he and I are still good friends. Okay. We we are very much a very solid pack, and you know even when we're traveling, there's kind of I mean because now it's been four years that we have been together, basically 24 hours a day, and I know what they think, they know what I think. I can I can prejudge their moves. I you know when the we're walking along and I see another dog, I pretty much know yay or nay if. If dog is going to like him, if bruiser is going to like him, if there's going to be problems, if they're all going to get along. I mean, we just, we're very, very attuned to each other. And I think that can only happen with that kind of intensity if you are with an animal that often. And, and, it, and it is very magical. It is very confining at times. I'm, you know, like today, uh, you know, I'll, I'm gone from the house for about six hours today. And... And I know they're probably thinking, whoa, where is she? <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, I hopefully by now, they realize that I will be back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They kind of get that confidence a little bit. Yes, yes. Well, you know, one of the one of the things that uh, we wanted to make sure to mention is any listeners out there can go on to your your website and to follow your blog on a mission from dog.com. Correct. And then it's um, for the dog blog, it's um, it's dogblog.htm. And for the just on a mission from dog.com, uh, I'll have notices out uh, as it gets closer to the release date, and it'll also be an audio book too. 
Oh, oh wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, we're going to we're going to basically have to have you come back and your next stop, where are you going from Peru? I am actually not sure. I'm either going to be going into Bolivia or down into Chile. And as I'm, you know, at this time I'm in the north of Peru. So that I'm still Oh, I'm not sure, about a thousand miles away. Uh, so I'll know when I get closer. And I'll, and I'll also, it's going to be if I feel like a little bit more of some Western kind of influence or something more third worldy. And if I can, if I can do another third world country, then it'll be Bolivia. So okay. if not, I'll, I'll hopefully do a circuit around and I'll come back to Bolivia. Well, you know, okay. next time you find a good connection at an internet cafe, be sure to let us know because we love talking to you and finding out uh, about your latest adventures with Dog and Bruiser. So take care, Lorraine, and, and travel safe and, and make sure you uh, bring us up here in the next couple of weeks. Will do. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much for joining us, Lorraine. You have a great day. Thank you so much, Nick. Now, remember to learn more about the adventures of Lorraine Chittick and her African-born hounds, dog, and bruiser. Go to her website on emissionfromdog.com and keep checking in so that you won't miss her new book that's going to be coming out on a mission from dog. And that's going to tell you a lot about her adventures uh, while she was in Africa. Yeah, she's uh, been all over the place. And Susan, you know, um, as well as I do, as far as some of the articles that have come in are just incredible from these places that she's at. I mean, she goes to um, Africa, she's in Costa Rica, places that, you know, we may think of doing once in a lifetime. That's actually her life, uh, being able to travel all these places. So it, it's really amazing, um, really what you can do uh, as travel-wise, especially with dogs, some things that we don't even think about. So, um, and we were just talking with her, it was a little noisy, but she was at an internet cafe. She actually was sitting on the floor because the cord couldn't reach. And we heard a lot of the background street noise that, you know, was part of the Peru environment that she's in right now. But if you wanted to keep up to date on some of the articles that are coming uh, from Lorraine, you can pick up a copy at Fido Friendly Magazine at the local borders, Barnes & Noble's, PetSmart, and Fido Friendly Hotels nationwide. You can also go to our website, FidoFriendly.com, and subscribe online today. And coming up next is our travel tip. So sit and stay. We will be right back with more travel tales on Pet Life Radio. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbacks and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Travel Tales will be zooming back with more great travel tips right after this. There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatelic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly Hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, 
Fido Friendlies, the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Approaching our final destination. The weather is sunny and warm. Ocean temperature is a balmy 80 degrees for those of you wishing to doggy paddle. Please exit to the front and see our activities directors, Susan and Nicholas, on your way out. Have a pleasant stay. Welcome back to Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. This is Nicholas Bezlowski along with Susan Sims. And you've been listening to Lorraine Chittock about her latest adventure traveling in South America with her two dogs, Dog and Bruiser. I know, and it's funny, we receive emails and letters from people wondering how to travel with their dogs, where to stay, and let's just say they're they're worried about checking into a, a, a Holiday Inn or something like that, and here's Lorraine, she's crossing borders, and she's she's going from Costa Rica to Peru, and she's just amazing. Yeah, it really kind of brings everything into perspective. I mean, I, even as much as, uh, you know, we travel with our dogs, and uh, I make trip plans for Tasha, and I think about the things to bring, and... I, it's almost I have to put myself in a whole different mindset to figure out what Lorraine must go through on trying to figure out how to cross borders. So uh, it's very interesting on what it is that she actually does, and it kind of it makes us feel better that we can really do a lot more with our dogs and get out there and travel with them and go to these hotels. And that brings us to our Fido-friendly travel tip. Uh, you know, when you're on an adventure with your dogs and going across borders, you want to be sure that you do your homework. You can check out the local government websites for documents needed, any quarantines that are required. And in our upcoming issue, the January-February issue of Fido-friendly magazine, we're going to include an informative page of websites and phone numbers for travel resources, both domestic and abroad. Lorraine's article will also have some information on how um, she crossed borders and what went into the preparation for that. Yeah, I think it's it's a, it's going to be a fun article, and uh, for anyone that's uh, going to do a vicarious trip, you know, Lorraine is the girl that you want to to read about and find out what she's doing next. But we would also love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments. So feel free to email us at Pet Life Radio. And until next time, leave no dog behind. This is Susan Sims along with Nicholas Veslowski for Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio presents Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Veslowski, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.